When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're going to try to take home the FFPC playoff challenge. A little bit different form of best ball, still technically best ball. We don't have to set our lineups after the playoffs begin, but we're going to try to figure out the best way to navigate the FFPC playoff challenge to take home the top prize here at Spike Week with a little bit of help from you guys. I thought I thought you were gonna say something, Eric. I was about I was, I was about to. We were both literally like kind of about to say something, but kind of waiting for the other person to say something. You know, I guess we're both you know God very. Damn it. How uh, many times have we done this? We nice, know what we're doing. I know we're very nice people. We both wanted to let the other the other one speak, which is not always my forte. But um, so we're here. The playoffs are here. I ca- honestly can't believe it. We've done so many shows. Maybe it's all my brain is my brain is mush now. But it's hard to believe that it was hard to believe, like, the, especially the way the regular season, best ball, you know, in fantasy football regular season ended. Maybe that has ruined my brain. But it's I mean, we're two days away from the actual NFL playoffs. And I think it's such a good I wanted to do this. I know we don't do, you know, a lot of the non-traditional best ball type stuff. I do want to dive more into the FFPC stuff. And technically, this FFPC playoff challenge really is just another form of best ball. Right. It, it, it's a little bit different, but it's kind of the same thing. And um, it looks, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm not an expert in like how fast this thing fills. It's got a lot to fill, <laughs> like a lot if it's going to if it's going to fill. And it's a two. I'm, I, I bought us into the two hundred dollar entry contest. And I don't know. It needs like five thousand more people. Or it's only got it's not even half full yet. So it's kind of hard for me to imagine that this thing fills. So I wanted to. uh you know, have us walk through this and have the folks in the chat kind of, you know, I, I'm not going to claim to be an FFPC playoff challenge expert. I know, you know, some of the people that we talk to frequently are are really heavy into it, uh, uh, including a new multimillionaire, uh, Pat Corrine. But I think that there's so much fun strategy around any of the like best ball playoff, you know, playoff best ball type contests. And this is just another form of that. So uh, I figure we could put something together with kind of our thoughts and the the chats and the discord's thoughts around what we think happens in these NFL playoffs. And uh, I, I wanted to be better prepared. I was trying to think of exactly what we'll do. If, if we win, no matter how much we win, if we win anything, we'll, we'll do some kind of, uh, you know, free roll type type situation with, with the money, um, you know, half of it or three quarters of it or something like that. We can run some kind of contest for, for the spike week community. So this can kind of be all of our team, right? Not everybody maybe wants to spend $200 on one of these teams. This can be all of our team. That sounds fair. That's what makes us better than everybody else, right? We exactly we give back. It's not just you watching us draft, collect our money, smell it. We are giving everybody an opportunity <laughs> to be a part of it. So suck it, Karain. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Corrine's just going to buy a million dollar townhome in Brooklyn now or whatever and flex flex on all of us. And then he's, you know, uh, the Corrine the victory, not not Corrine victory laps, but everyone, you know, it's so good for the community, obviously, Corrine winning um, because, you know, everybody wants to to pump him up and stuff. But it's, it's just so funny, like if Joe Schmo, right, won the $2 million, like he wouldn't be on every single podcast known to mankind for like every, I can't imagine. Like I talked to him a little bit since then, but I wasn't yeah. trying to like, you know, cause I know I can only imagine what's going on for him. And I'm just like every, every day he's on somebody else's podcast or getting interviewed by Matthew Barry on NBC. Yeah. You know, I know he, he works for them, so it's different, but he's just absolutely everywhere. So, um, you know, Most I know importantly, he's, me and him are trying to work something out to meet up next week. Right. So yeah, that's definitely the most important part of, you know, I mean, his last couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it should be, of course. And if he doesn't like if we meet up for like lunch because I have to give him the title and he doesn't buy yeah. lunch, I'm calling him out everywhere. Like if like we go out to eat and he's like, hey, I'm not I'm not picking up this bar tab. I'm going to I'm probably going to fight him most likely. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, he's getting off really easy. He could have had to do a pizza party for a bunch of people. So now he just has to take you to lunch. <laughs> that's right. Um Speaking of which, just to bring this up real quick, we're going to Nashville in a few weeks. Is, is this when you're going to do your um, stand-up comedy on stage <laughs> situation since you finished last in the Spike Week championship? I don't know. Give me enough drinks in me and maybe we'll go out to a <laughs> comedy show. That that that's, that's, that's what my wife will really want, me getting <laughs> hammered in Nashville uh, doing god-awful. Lord knows I'm not a comedian doing god-awful stand-up, but, you know. Well, that'll make my weekend. Well, <laughs> we we will see. I did not think through um, this whole entire Royal Rumble contest. And uh, I, the positive is Corrine won the most important title of the year. Yeah, Corrine also took this down the Spike Week Best Ball Royal Rumble. Um, yeah. But we don't need to, we don't need to talk about who is at the bottom. <laughs> Me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. Um. This is definitely true, Derek. Our intro was was very was very rookie. TJ popped in probably while we were being silent and dropped the you know let's break the let's break the ice with somebody <laughs> saying something. But Johnny Footballs is here and he's 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 firing at this um this this playoff challenge. And I did maybe only one or two teams last year, but I used to kind of before you know what four years ago or something like that before. Well, this best ball stuff really took off with underdog and and draft back in the day, drafters, DraftKings. Uh, I used to do a lot of these. And this is one of the things, this this particular contest is one of the things that probably got me really hooked into the <laughs> into the kind of best ball-ish space, which then segued into the regular playoff best ball stuff on like underdog um draft, etc. But had a really good it was uh see when the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl, I think, mm. right? They when a rust through the pick at the at at the goal line. Um, I finished like maybe tenth or something in this, so that that's the best I, the best I've ever done. But you know, so it's been a long time. But this playoff this this playoff challenge is really really fun, and I think it's a it's kind of a nice differentiator from all of us that have been drafting the gauntlets and the mittens and the drafters tournaments and, and these definitely a nice change from the DraftKings 20 round playoff best ball tournaments that they have because obviously we don't have to deal with draft rooms and so mm -hmm. it does become a lot of what I consider like the real point of best ball is threading the needle on right projection slash upside versus ownership 
you know, right. and that's that's the game uh, for this even more so than than regular best ball because there's no draft. And so uh, I'm excited to to get into it. Um, have you done any of these before? Um, I've done them a few times. I don't know if I did it on FFPC, but I've done it like there's so many variations of this particular type of contest that I definitely done it before. And there's some very like important keys to like just start off with and we'll get through all of that when we're doing it. But I think it fits for us because it is essentially best ball. We set a lineup and then we pray to the football gods that it <laughs> that it does well and we don't do anything to adjust it right so yep. um yeah i was going through some of this earlier today when we decided to do this and started looking at some stuff and i'm excited because yeah there is some variations we have to go through of players that are going to be chalk but it's like some of them you might have to take and then it's like it's not just chalk players to take it's chalk teams to fade too yeah right, right. like so that's what we have to look at and be like, oh, is there any, is there even a 1% chance for this team to advance? And um, it's kind of murky this year at the bottom. Like it looks real, real bad. So yep, it might be because of this seven seed thing. Like now that it's super wild card weekend and not just regular <laughs> wild card weekend. And we're adding this extra team. These extra teams are getting waxed on like yes. a regular basis. You, it never, it's not like before where like a six team, like six seed team used to like, you know, like it was a was small really chance, good. but they, mm-hmm. but they had chances like, you know, the giants did it one year and there was a few other mm-hmm. teams that made it through and you're like, okay, so some of these six seeds are decent enough to make a, to make a run. These seven seeds, a lot of the time are, whew, they ain't I it. mean, they're, they're, they're league average at best teams and they're playing a lot of the times top five teams in yeah. the NFL and there's parity and everything in the NFL, but that's a big gap, right? We're talking Bills versus, you know, now a Tua and Teddy Bridgewaterless Dolphins team, you know, and the, the positive that the Seahawks against the 49ers are, you know, don't have the bye, but that had nothing to do with them. That that had to do with the fact that the Eagles played the easiest schedule in the NFL. The Eagles are good, of course, mm-hmm. but the it's kind of like. I don't mean this comp in like they are the same level of team because there's a lot of different variables, you know, uh, caveats to that. But they, the Eagles feel a little Titansy from last year in that they're good, they can win, but they're not like when you think the buy, you think like Bills Chiefs. You're like, okay, those two teams are dominant. They're definitely the best teams in that conference. The Eagles are probably the best or top two team in the NFC. But I think the gap is very thin in the NFC and they haven't really proven much to me over the course of this entire season. And so then you get the, to your point, you get the 49ers who by a good amount of metrics at full strength are probably better than the Eagles. Now we'll see if that plays out, but from a, you know, analytical standpoint and maybe even an eye test standpoint, they're they might just be the best team in the NFC and they play the freaking Seahawks who, you know, awesome story, but uh, I don't really see how they have personally, how they have a, a, a great chance other than, I guess, if Brock Purdy turns in to, you know, the, the rookie quarterback that we haven't, haven't seen yet. And then, like I said, bills on the other side is a, is a shit show against the dolphins, which could have been a fun game. We saw the, the first mm-hmm. version of that game was very fun. And then the the other one is the Giants, which is kind of funny that they weren't the first one that we we talked about when we talked about crappy crappy lower seeds because they play what probably would actually be the Titans of last year. You know, kind of 
total frauds in the Vikings, uh, negative point differential and all that kind of stuff over the course of the season. A lot of lucky comeback wins, including the greatest (laughs) comeback in the history of the sport. Um, And the Giants just keep winning these games that we don't expect them to. So uh, it's, it's definitely very interesting. But to your point, you will get to the rules of this in just a second. The fact that there's those Seahawks and Dolphins and, and even Giants to a lesser degree, it makes it tough to make some decisions because, you know, how do you handle raw points from a DK Metcalf or something in a game where they're probably going to get destroyed, but everybody else is playing it as if, th- if that's going to happen too. So that's the fun of this whole format. Um, it's an interesting game because Seahawks plus 10 is my favorite bet of the weekend. Believe it or not, I, and I think that that's fine. But I, I but fantasy wise, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Tough. yeah, and winning right, them hanging in the game, I don't think is unrealistic at all. Um, we'll get to we'll, we'll definitely get to kind of our breakdown of the playoffs, playoffs and the matchups. But them winning outright, winning, which is what you need in this. Not only do you need them to outright win, you need a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett or something like that to go nuts too you know so it's difficult yeah for sure so we should probably jump into these rules yep and uh, go over some of this stuff and go over like how many teams how many players per team and like how you're gonna have to fade two teams and all that fun stuff so the first thing i see uh, i I just am here on the it kind of a little bit easier to explain rather than grabbing the rules Mm -hmm. it's just looking at the roster that you have to to fill out here so As, as as you can as everyone watching or if you're on the audio version you have to pick one and only one player from each team let me correct myself you can only take one player from each team in order to fill out this entire roster there will you will not have to have a player from every single team but you can only have one from any individual team so you will absolutely have to pick players from teams that are going to lose on Saturday or Sunday or both so that's kind of the 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 most strategic element to it is just you know which teams do you not even the most strategic the first strategic element is what teams do you leave off Right. We just talked about a little bit of some of those teams that are probably the most viable for that. But you have to fill out one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, four flexes, a tight end, a kicker and a defense. And so, you know, uh, I mentioned the, the one and only one time I've had a real sweat in this thing. The Seahawks made the Super Bowl and I actually used their defense. So everybody was using Marshawn Lynch. Right. Or I think it was Doug Baldwin back then. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson, et cetera, and actually use their defense. Now, I'm not saying we should use the Bills defense or whatever, but we'll, we'll get there. Things like that, I think, are some interesting leverage points on top of just, you know, pivoting to Debo from CMC or which teams, right, or, or playing a Seahawk or playing a Giant or those kinds of things. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Those are some of the things I want to start talking about is like the, the defense and the tight end position being in here is, is like it throws everything off for the most part, like, because mm-hmm. your brain immediately goes to Kelsey for it. Yes. So it's like, how do we pivot off of Kelsey and how do we play that position? So you would think that there would just be another flex spot, but Nope, they make you do the, if they're going to make you do a kicker, they're going to make you do a tight end. I do kind of think it's a it, it's for this format specifically. I kind of 
I, I don't know how I feel about it on like drafters and it, it, I feel really up against oh. the wall on drafters having to take these tight ends. It feels really uncomfortable, but I think that's okay. Everybody feels that way on, on, on here. I, I kind of think it's fun because like you said, it, Kelsey is very clearly the standout at tight end, but he has a buy and mm-hmm. I don't think that the chiefs road forward is very fun for, for them. So it makes it, pretty fascinating to deal with again it's mostly a travis kelsey uh debate at at tight end but i I think that there are some intriguing pivots at tight end and then yeah i think it's easy to sit here and say like how much are we really going to discuss christian mccaffrey right you know those kinds of things but tight end kicker defense are very difficult things to to evaluate and i think it's a great edge because everybody just says i'm just going to take my right Kicker's going to be on whatever crappy team that I don't want to move forward because kickers don't score the most points. Same for defense, same for tight end outside of Travis Kelsey, right? So that that gives us some some leverage points when we build our teams. The I'm just going to bring, since we brought it up, the drafters tight end thing. I drafted yeah. my first drafters team today, and I wasn't paying attention. And as I'm building my team like halfway through, I notice that there's a tight end spot. I go, no, there's not. That's not real. That can't be a thing. So I ended up with Noah Gray as my tight end. I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me because like Noah Gray can play three games and score like two touchdowns if you're yep. lucky and run good. But yeah, that that threw me way off today. I was like, oh no. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, um, I've drafted far probably far too much. No, I mean, I, I no one is a greater Hayden Hurst fan in on the planet than me over the, the all the underdog drafts and drafters drafts and everything that I've done. Hayden Hurst is my highest owned player. So that never makes you like that never makes you feel good. You're like, well, all, you know, my thousands of dollars of playoff best ball all invested in Hayden freaking Hurst. Uh, I was inverted brings up a great question. Yep. It's with this being tight end premium. Do you think two to three tight ends is a good path? I think it's a fine path. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you really like, you know, you could do, I think there's enough viable tight ends on the slate to do that with like, especially I mean, we have already talked about Kelsey. We know Kittle's in this, but I mean, you also talk about two guys that are playing each other this weekend, which is Gerald Everett and Evan Ingram. And if you wanted to grab one of them from that game, we know that they both have explosion level outcomes. I mean, Evan Ingram had like a ridiculous game earlier in the season. What did he score in tight end premium? Because he scored 40 in uh, regular PPR. So, you know, he dropped the 50 ball or whatever in uh, almost yeah. 50 in in tight end premium so he he has just same thing with tj hawkinson yeah you know inconsistent but he has had he's had more true spike games than travis kelsey has this year evan ingram just had the one hawkinson's had at least two maybe three of these 40 point explosions and he's in a really fun game so we joke about kind of the the shittiness of of tight end but there actually are a lot of interesting guys especially if you're willing to write like you brought up the jags um if you're willing to kind of invest in the vikings or the jags or whatever um hawkinson Mm -hmm. in particular will be you know a a nice pivot off of justin jefferson who's going to be very popular so tight end's pretty interesting yeah it's definitely an interesting spot and teams as a whole like you bring up hawkinson minnesota i think is going to be one of our big interesting discussions because we know where everyone wants to go and it makes a lot of sense to go there. But I think there's pivots off of that team, and I am i just don't know if I want to make those pivots, so we'll have to talk through it. So really quickly, um, 
the rules are pretty straightforward. We pretty much covered that. What I want to do is start to talk just not this specific contest, but like pull, I'll pull up the playoff bracket and we can kind of just talk through what we're thinking in terms of the path forward for the teams. Because I think a lot of people will frequently start with, you know, just like, Oh, I like this guy. Right. They're like, Oh, I got to play CMC. I got to play Jefferson. I got to play, you know, I got to play Kelsey, whatever. And then they start to, you know, you dive in too quickly. One, one way that I personally think you can get an edge is just by talking through the bracket and how it may or may not play out. And maybe even how you, like you could be totally off from them, right? You like the Seahawks plus 10 this week. Not necessarily that you like them to win, but maybe you're higher on X team Mm -hmm. than the market is. And that can lead you to different decisions or lower on X. Like I might be a little lower on um, the bills than, than everybody else is. And they're, you know, chalk team to make the the super bowl even though they're in the wild card round you know you're going to get it's allen and Diggs, allen and Diggs, allen and Diggs is what everybody's going to play we've seen a lot of you know kind of issues with with the bills over the second half of the season particularly josh allen and so i think talking through some of those things that how the playoffs could play out your expectations for the teams can be a path to uniqueness by itself like you don't have to sit here and galaxy brain you know contrarian plays like oh i'm gonna play brandon Ayuk instead of christian mccaffrey or george kittle like sure you can play brandon Ayuk, but it doesn't all like it, you can have a reason that literally is like i think the Bengals are gonna make the super bowl they're like my pick to make the super bowl blah 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 so what does that mean right well that means something about the bills that means something about the chiefs that means something about uh clearly the ravens jesus christ what a disaster the ravens are you know but it means it it has this trickle down effect to the whole thing when you say okay i'm going to build this team for the bengals making the super bowl well that means the ravens get knocked out in round one the bills get knocked out in round two you know so those kinds of things um are fun to talk about yeah first thing i did when we decided to do this was i went and looked at the bracket and i was like what three or four teams can i just like kind of throw out the window right away like who are the four teams that i am just not confident in advancing at all and i pulled three that i was pretty confident aren't going to advance um but yeah let's uh let's work through it a little bit trying to i hate so websites uh, well while you're bringing it up i'll just start bringing up the first round matchups which is we have the chargers against the jags we have the ravens against the Bengals. we have the dolphins against the bills um cowboys bucks Giants, Vikings, Seahawks, 49ers, and of course, Kansas City and Philadelphia, the Kelsey brothers, have <laughs> the bye weeks. So that's should, what be, we're a good, should at. be a good podcast episode from the old Kelsey bros this week while they're both chilling, watching everybody else play. I saw a nice clip of them talking about the ring around the rosy play. <laughs> um, so that was that was a good clip. If you haven't seen that, go find yes. it. But yeah, there are some like super, super interesting games in this first round that are just like, it's a 50-50. I mean, just look at the first game that they're showing. It's that Chargers-Jaguars game. And no, you can't tell me you have a strong lean either way of whoever's going to win this game. This is is a coin flip, in my opinion, of who's going to get through this game. So this is like a gigantic leverage point of how you want to play jaguars chargers i mean we all expect the Bengals to kill baltimore same with the bills and miami so like for me baltimore miami are like two easy teams to throw out um cowboys 
bucks. I, I don't. I, yeah, I think it's a coin flip too, and I think people are are overlooking the bucks and like obviously they haven't played well this season, but that's then you're saying the Cowboys have played great this season and they have not played no. great. We talk about the Vikings being a fraud. The Cowboys could be one of the bigger frauds. And I mean, I know they're the five seed, but based off the hype and what everyone thinks that they are, they could be a, one of the bigger frauds in the field as well. Yep. Um, and that brings us into the fraud, the, the Vikings against the Giants. And then you know, everyone thinks that San Fran's going to just absolutely bury Seattle. And I just, I don't think it's, I think they're going to win, but I think there's a higher percentage outcome of the Seahawks winning than people are, are expecting. I mean, it's a division game, right? With both teams being relatively full strength in terms of, you know, Brock Purdy is obviously their third string quarterback, quote unquote, but he's been playing for six or seven weeks he's or whatever. Probably their best. He's probably, probably their, their best. best. We, we, yeah. I don't, we, at this point, I don't think we can treat him like a third stringer, not, not just right. because of his play. Of course, he's, he's obviously exceeded expectations, but he hasn't been like the hype is a little out of control on it. Just precisely how good he's played, but it's because the expectations were so low. He was the last pick in the draft, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows the story so the hype is like out of control however even though the the hype is has gone probably way too far on his level of play he's he, he he's what's the difference between him and jimmy g nothing right. and the only difference between him and trey lance is that he's a better you know more accurate short game passer and lance you know lance was really boom bust and could run but He's probably their best right now. You know, Lance has a ceiling. I think that Purdy doesn't have, but his his current level of play was not better than Purdy. So, there, nothing has really right. It feels weird because they're like, mm. you have the last rookie, last round, last pick in the the draft as the quarterback. Like, oh, eventually that's gonna change. Something's gonna change with them. But I don't think anything has changed at all. If anything, they're better now, not because of him necessarily, but because the whole rest of the team is healthy. Yeah, no, I completely agree with all of that. Just when you when you got this third division game, Seahawks are at full strength. Pete Carroll, Shanahan, they know each other so well, and this is like hand in the dirt stuff. I guess is what you're gonna is what you could say. Oh, yeah. But this is the hand in the dirt show for anybody that doesn't want to get <laughs> let us. Th- you're gonna have to deal with it. But I mean, we've seen it in the past. When you get that third division game, it's it's tough for both teams. To win, so I think that gives the advantage to the Seahawks in the sense that, like, they're such they're overlooked so much that I think people are giving them like a one percent chance of winning, and it might be more like a ten percent chance that they win this game or something like that. So, right, that's that's kind of why I like the bet of plus ten on them this week. Like, I'm hammering that bet this weekend, but I mean, they might be a team that we still throw out, even if I think that they can win. I don't think this is going to ever be a 45 to 35 game. You know what I mean? Like this is, no. we got some rain elements coming in. Yep. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Cause we have to play someone from San Francisco. It's just, do oh, we yeah. throw out Seattle is the question. Yep. So is that what we want to do? Do we want to start building our bracket first? Let's, and... let's build it. Let's build it. Let's build the, bra- let's build a bracket here. I guess I should have brought, I don't think this is, this is just the picture. And while we're, while we're starting to talk about that, I'll build a, what's the, what's the best place to build a, a bracket? Does, does CBS have one? I don't, I really don't play off bracket. So here right, we well... go. Yeah, there we go. Okay. We can start to start to build it out while we're, while we're talking here. So let's just start with, to me, what is, 
one of the two most fascinating games of the opening round. We'll just start in the upper left with the Chargers and the Jaguars, what you kind of led with. (laughs) Two weeks ago or something, I would have said I was very in on the Chargers. They were peaking. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out Sam Hoppin. This was two weeks ago, I think it was, that he posted something on on Twitter that was basically showing the Chargers kind of second half-ish you know, analytical profile, particularly on the defensive side, which is where they really, really struggled right early on. They, my God, the chargers, I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what, um, they got the freaking what's, uh, the Netflix movie or whatever the, the good doctor. Have you seen, have you seen that? The guy that like killed you uh, know, the doctor that was killing all of these old people or whatever, like some just a sick twisted individual, you know, he's poisoning mm-hmm. these patients for whatever reason. That's the training staff and the charger. They must've employed this dude because everybody just keeps getting hurt. And then, so they start to get healthy in the second half for, there was like a six or seven week stretch against some decent teams. Their defense was number two in DVOA in the league. The offense was scoring because the offense kind of always scores they were health getting healthy on offense keenan allen was coming back right Bosa's back uh the offensive line's getting healthier blah 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 and then brandon staley in a freaking <laughs> literally meaningless game we 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 talk about meaningless games in week 18 a lot and sometimes we're like oh like we thought the eagles game was meaningless like technically they still needed to win right yeah the chargers Nothing could they could lose by a hundred or win by a hundred. Nothing was going to change for their playoff seed based on how the the games had played out. And Brandon Staley played his starters for more than three quarters mm-hmm. and got Mike Williams hurt. He as of today, as of this recording on Thursday, he still has not practiced this week with his back issues. Well, in, and, in fairness, we know that Mike Williams has been a pillar of health his entire yeah, career. That's so true. like that's you true. can usually roll him out. Right? He's, yeah, he's never been hurt before. Yeah, rock solid player. Never yeah. missed any time. No. Certainly never burned me in best ball from drafting him every goddamn season and watching him play six games. But yes, no one could have foreseen Mike Williams getting hurt in a meaningless game, right? And excuse my rant, they fucking lost. They got embarrassed. Yeah. And they by lost the to the Broncos. It was like if so you, there's two things. You rest the guys, you know, to save their health, but the 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 boomer coach, which Brandon Staley somehow has become, he was he was the he was the guy all the boomers hated two years ago. Now he's the guy all the boomers love. You know, you you don't want to lose your sharpness, right? That's what people would say. That's why Brady always plays. He, he did it again this year. Played like two series or something like that, right? Yeah. He just wants to stay in a rhythm. That's whatever. It's fine. If you say that, what just happened on Sunday did the opposite of keep your keep your you know your team high keep your motivation high and keep your your in a team in a rhythm because you went out and lost to one of the worst fucking teams in the nfl and you got players hurt like it was the absolute worst case scenario for the chargers so i'm on to, on one hand i'm not trying to overreact because i do still believe in the chargers but the jags are like an ascending team and they just continue mm-hmm. to we talk about the Cowboys being frauds. They went in and beat the Cowboys, right? They're on like a five game winning streak. The Titans stink, but they kind of handled them. They've been playing really, really well. Trevor Lawrence has continued to get better. Evan Ingram all of a sudden is like a really good um, tight end and the defense is playing a lot better. And so if there's no Mike Williams and the Chargers are at full strength, 
the Chargers aren't going to have any big plays. They don't have a bit without Mike Williams. They don't have anybody that can go down the field. So they're going to have to dink and dunk Keenan and Austin Eckler for all game to beat a pretty good Jags team. It's tough, man. I, like I said, I'm not trying to overreact to what we just saw in the last week or two, but it's hard not to kind of like the Jags in this one. I like the Jags in this one. And just to like go a little bit off of your Chargers take, doesn't matter who the head coach is, doesn't matter who the players are. Chargers have been the same team for 20 years. <laughs> they they do the same shit. They find the dumbest ways to lose games. They do the dumbest things in games. When we think that they're supposed to do something special, they they are always they are just dumb. They are dumb. You, people that listen to the Food for Thought podcast might have heard this rant that I had. It's a lot longer on that one. But the Chargers <laughs> are a dumb team. They are stupid, and they always have been. And as of right now, they always will. And there's certain teams that we see this with every year, the Browns, like the Chargers. Like some teams just have these weird identities that it doesn't matter who they bring in a coach. It doesn't matter who they bring into play. They can't shake these identities. And spoiler alert, it hasn't been shaken this year either. The Chargers are still the Chargers. I know I know, Jacksonville is not like the pillar of like success that you know I'm comparing them to or anything. But – Doug Peterson has gone in there. He's done a great job, like in terms of like turning this football team around. We got to remember what Jacksonville was last year. They were the worst like culture in the entire league, like overly toxic. Trevor Lawrence was not getting developed properly. He looked like complete ass. And look at his progression just from game one to game 17 this year as a player. Like, I mean, I've seen quarterbacks that have ascended through a season. I mean, we got to give Doug Peterson some credit for what him oh, yeah. and his staff have done with Trevor Lawrence this year. It's just an ascension, like with very few. It's, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, it's one step forward, two steps back. It's like one step back, five steps forward, <laughs> like every week for Trevor Lawrence for the most part. Mm -hmm. And they get the game at home. It's basically a pick them. The, the Jags are somehow underdogs. Another bet I'm making when I bet is Same. I'm just, I'm just money lining the Jags this week, like, especially. Because it, I, it's such a coin flip that I, I think the Jags win. I, I mean, the, the Mike Williams thing is big, like you brought up. It's just changes the complexion of this offense. And uh, I like the Jags. I like what they do on offense. And the one way to beat the Chargers is by running the ball. So I think you might even see an explosion game from ETN this week who might be getting overlooked. So I'm going to have a ton of ETN and DFS. And he might be a place that we might want to go when we start talking about who we're going to take for players. But yeah, give me the Jags on on this game personally. Yep, we are on we are on the same page, which will make uh, things pretty interesting. I thought we could goddamn click these anyway. We we'll, we'll be able to remember it. Jags move on. I think we just both assume this one is pretty easy. Bengals, Ravens. You could make a case. We'll we'll go through this one and some of these other ones a little bit more quickly than we did with the Chargers Jags. You could make a small case for Mark Andrews in the flex over maybe some other flex, so I, I'm not going to rule him out entirely. But Anthony Brown looks like he's going to be starting at quarterback. The Bengals' mm -hmm. defense is really good. I think that's one of the things that people overlook about them as a team. And so I, I just, you know, maybe the Ravens, def maybe something that to consider is the Ravens' defense semi-holding the Bengals in check like they just did, but... You know, that's just a consideration for which Bengal do we pick? Kind of like the 49ers thing. It's like, we know we're taking a Bengal. It's just about how far we want them to go. Um, I don't know that there's much to cover on the Ravens unless you have something. 
No, I mean the Ravens. Just what? What can you say about them? It's it is what it is for them this year. Like they're they're probably toast in this game. They're not as big a dogs as I think they should be, and I they might be a team that we might want to throw a player on if we decide that some other teams are like no good, like maybe a Dobbins or maybe a Justin Tucker. I don't know. Like that, that's where we're going yeah, to Tucker, start talking about that. Stuff, I think, but. I think, I think Tucker, I don't think I can play the defense. Um, I guess, you know, if you're just going to punt off defense, I think that there's still bet maybe some better options, but maybe not. Um, Tucker, I think I would probably prefer Tucker to Andrews when we, when we get down to that, to that. Um, I also think that the without Tua moving on to the next game without Tua, um, thank you without Tua and um, and even without Teddy. Not that Teddy would have mattered that much. I don't see I don't see much for uh, this this game in terms of of discussion. But I do think Tyreek and Waddle are going to be in that conversation as well, right? These these teams that we know we're going to lose, we're going to have to have a conversation about how they fit into the team, Tyreek, or do they fit, right? Because Tyreek is still Tyreek. It's not a good matchup. He has a terrible quarterback play, blah, blah, blah. But Tyreek is still Tyreek, and um, he's in play, you know, for a flex spot. Yeah, I mean, like, breaking one. So, like, that's the difference between this format and DFS is, like, Tyreek's really hard to play in DFS this week. But, you know, if he gives you 20 in this format, you're going to have to have a player that does something week one that you're not going to get to round two. So Tyreek is like, might just be that guy. So I can, I can definitely see us going to that well, but I can also see us being like, well, you know what? We just want to throw away Miami. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny footballs brings up, I don't see much of a difference between Teddy and Skylar Thompson when it comes to beating the bills. Um, That's fair in terms of, you know, the, the, the question is how much of a difference. And I mm-hmm. agree that's totally debatable, but I think Teddy gets a bad rap and I don't think Skylar Thompson, Skylar Thompson wasn't very good in college. Um, frankly, neither was Brock Purdy. So who knows if that means anything that they're both ironically in this same Shanahan McDaniel system, but Teddy is one of the most accurate passers, like in the history of the NFL, which is precisely what this offense runs off of. Um, you know, crossers throw. That's why Tua, that, that, Tua's not that great. He's just accurate as shit, you know? Like, he gets the ball to Tyreek and Waddle, and I think Teddy could do that better than Skyler. So I would, not a big difference, but I would like Tyreek more if it, if it were Teddy. So that's all. I heard Rich Rebar on our show breaking down, like, the yards per completion or something stat, and I could be getting that completely wrong, but it's like yards per with each of the quarterbacks for the Dolphins. And the the quick breakdown is like Skyler's at like four yards per play Teddy's at like 5.5 and then maybe um two was at like 6.5 so it's massive that's a massive yeah. difference so it's huge 50 more than 50 percent more up to to Tua yeah. and not quite 50 percent more up to Teddy one thing one last thing while I'm thinking about it that mm-hmm. we should just keep in the back of our minds uh what's up with Raheem Mostert I haven't seen the latest today so if somebody has please feel feel free i have not been able to to scour the injury reports over the course of today but i think if um mostert does not play jeff wilson does become also in play and kind of really interesting actually for you know 
the the like you said, you have to pick some guys that are going to be on losing teams. If he's a stone cold workhorse, it's not a great matchup. But if you're going to play someone against the Bills, the the ground game can be the spot to do it. He will catch passes if there's no Mostert out there. He's get, then he's going to get goal line carries. I think it would put him in play as again as like that last man in from a shitty losing team. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that idea. All right, let's let's hit this NFC side. Do you want to start at the bottom or you want to start at the top here? Let's uh, let, let's 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 do the the, the top because the the 49ers game we talked uh quite a bit about and there was a lot of back and forth in the chat on the the Bucks Cowboys. I'll let you go first. What are you thinking on Bucks Cowboys? I I mean it's so the, this is the closest game on the slate to me and that Jags Chargers game is real close. Like this is like a razor thin margin, but I think Tampa squeaks this game out at home against Dallas. Uh, that Dallas secondaries, you know, other than, you know, what's his name? Oh my God, Diggs. Other than Diggs is not great. And if Brady gets any time, he could probably carve them up quite a little bit. And I think Dallas are frauds. I think they keep showing us that they're frauds and people don't want to believe that they're frauds. Not that Tampa's good because they've been terrible all year for the most mm-hmm. part, other than that Carolina game offensively. But it's tough to run the ball on Tampa, especially like they've they've stuffed the run all year. They don't give up a lot of points all year. Their defense is relatively good. And above, Dak loves we'll to turn the ball over. Average. Yeah, slightly we'll above, above average. average. And Dak loves to turn the football over. It's like it's like he likes probably money, food, and turning the football over, like his three <laughs> passions in life, I think. And, and he consistently does it. So you lose the turnover game against a team like the Bucks that is just trying to grind you out. And that's how you lose football games. So I think the Bucks are gonna squeak by in this, but I'm not confident in that selection too too much, to be fair, either. No. Um, this is definitely, I, I have stronger, not necessarily conviction, but I can, I can more easily talk myself into the Jaguars as my like firm stance. If I, if you want to call it firm Jags chargers, I, I, I feel, I feel better about the Jags than I do about either of these two teams, but it's because I agree with you. Like we talked about the chargers in terms of, they just can't get out of their own way for, you know, our whole, both of our whole lives, these two teams, you know, and whereas the Jags, I can I can tell myself the story that they're ascending. And like you said, last year, Urban Meyer maybe brought the team down, influx of talent, better coaching, Lawrence taking a next step, blah, blah, blah. This one is most difficult to me because I think they're both frauds. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a, I'm, I, I, and I have to choose between, you know, I got two redheaded stepchildren <laughs> here and I got to pick one of them, you yeah. know, and as and as a a ginge myself, you know, I know that that's <laughs> difficult for, for people to, to figure out. I mean, I grew up as one, the Cowboys are a hundred percent fraudulent in my opinion. And I think more so than kind of the ups and downs that they've had all season. I actually think, I know it's one game and the specific results isn't what I'm, isn't what I'm latching onto, but last week against Washington, they're facing a fifth round rookie quarterback in his first game. Sam Howell, Washington has nothing to play for. And they laid one of the biggest, a bigger stinker than the Chargers. They couldn't even move the ball. And they, 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 like, I mean, not like Howell just totally dominated them, but 
they were able to move the ball, yeah. you know, a lot more than you would think. They no no running backs. They're literally on two practice squad running backs uh, and a fifth round rookie quarterback. Now, I kind of like Sam Howell, and I, I think he probably should have gone higher than that, but that's not the point, right? He, he, he's not that different from Brock Purdy in terms of draft capital. And they went out and lost, and they couldn't move the ball at all. And now the Washington defense, I think, is a little bit better than the Bucks, but not like so significantly that yeah, it's uh, like I'm, it's... I'm looking. I'm looking at DVOA. Washington is ninth in defensive DVOA, and Tampa Bay's thirteenth. So very, yeah. very similar, kind of the same strengths as well up front. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, they're physical and and really athletic and all that. And so I, I think that the Cowboys are going to struggle here, and it's. The big takeaway was CD's really good and they got nothing else. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz is just a dude. Like he's fine, yep. but he's just a dude. Michael Gallup ain't it. He can't nope. separate for shit. I don't know if it's nope. the injury, you know, he's not back, whatever. They don't have a third, but I mean, they're probably gonna have to play T.Y. Hilton a lot because Noah Brown's awful. Zeke is can't move. And uh they don't trust Pollard in pass pro. So Zeke's out there more than he should be. And it's like they, Pollard needs to play as much as possible because their offense, their wide receivers can't separate. So the defense just keys on CD. They can't really run the ball all that well. And this isn't a great matchup for them to run. I really struggle with them. And so I, I'm leaning a little bit towards the Bucks here. But the problem is that I have been, we talked about this in the offseason. I wrote about it extensively that I thought that the Bucks were massively overrated and everybody was just saying it's Brady and all the same guys wash, rinse, repeat. And I was like, mm, that's not really how it works. You know, look at the Lakers. LeBron's getting older. His cast of characters, Russell Westbrook's getting older. It's like those guys, it doesn't last. And I think Brady himself has gotten a little worse, kind of like LeBron. He's still awesome in mm-hmm. terms of like how good he is relative to his peers, but he, he hasn't played really well this year. The offensive line is still bad now. It's getting healthier. They're getting some guys back on the offensive line, which is huge. And they're pretty healthy all across the board. And so I don't expect them to, like, go and light up the Cowboys. But I think Brady can, like, manufacture enough, right, with Godwin and stupid fucking Lenny. And, you know, Mike Evans, dude, Diggs is decent, but. If he bites on something, you double move for Mike Evans, you know, you could get a big Mike Evans game here. And so I just think I just trust the like the Bucks not to shoot themselves in the foot. And they have enough weapons despite bad O-line play and a really that's really bad in this pass rush matchup matchup from the Cowboys. I just kind of trust, especially at home, the the Bucks a little bit more. So I hate them. And I like <laughs> I wish that they were playing like the 49ers because it'd be like, this is easy. They're gonna lose. But I, I can't I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I kind of like the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, if this game's gonna be a dogfight, like I think it's gonna be, I just lean Bucks. Now, if you tell me that this game's gonna end in a blowout, I'd say, oh, then it's the Cowboys, right? Like, because I just don't think the Bucks are gonna completely like blow the doors off of the Dallas Cowboys, but I think the game more likely than not will be a dogfight and i just i edge it out to the bucks we see what they do in dogfights that that's the games that they like they find ways to squeak out and i just i think that's what's going to happen here so are we both going to go with the bucks i think so uh what just a couple of of uh comments so this is funny he says terrence says wait you're a ginger uh technically it's strawberry blonde hair thank you oh, it has a reddish God. a reddish hue but um 
yeah uh you, you, that's why we call my uh, i call myself a, a ginger but i mean it's a fair point week 18 motivation taryn says you know i i just didn't think hey I, I don't know that i would go so far as to say they didn't prepare i i don't think that that's how the nfl works it's not like that they, they didn't have meetings and they just hung out at home all week and then showed up for the game they they clearly were preparing plus they played them before <laughs> they're in the they're in their same same division i think the week 18 motivation is is fair but it's this isn't just week 18 they should have lost to the Texans. So, okay, you use that same argument. It was the Texans. They didn't prepare for them or whatever. Okay, they lost to the Jags. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Packers. The only reason they beat the Eagles is because Jalen Hurts was out. They, let me see, they lost to this Bucks team in week one. Did yep. they prepare for week one? I hope so. You know, so like at what point did they, you know, do we use these excuses for the Cowboys, right? With the Bucks, we can at least use the excuses like okay look maybe the roster's not awesome they did suffer a lot of offensive line injuries right blah blah but godwin wasn't necessarily healthy at the start of the year etc cetera, etc cetera. but they don't have those issues now so um or as much the offensive line's still bad but just not as bad as it was pretty excited that you might have just got us an alta sponsorship for future spike week shows so <laughs> all right so this one i think we might disagree on because I think you might go a certain way on it, but it's Minnesota and the Giants. Um, where where are you leaning on this game? Because I know that the, the Vikings are frauds, but I don't see them losing this game at home to the Giants, personally. No. Same. The Giants, I mean, if, if Tua were healthy, the Giants would, and Lamar were healthy, the Giants would by far be the worst team in the playoffs. This was the best draw that the Vikings could yeah. possibly get. Um, I don't hate the Giants and the Vikings are a, a like for this FFPC playoff contest. The Vikings are a defense that you can absolutely attack. So we're not going to write off the Giants necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's just, man, how many rabbits can Brian Dayball pull out of his hat all season, man? Like that, I, I, I just, I just can't see it. With with the Giants, maybe I'm not being imagine, imaginative enough because it is Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, and they were down 33 to nothing to the Colts. So you know, any obviously they can lose to the Giants, but I think you know if I'm a betting man, I just I just want to back the Vikings here. It's it's the Giants just smoke and mirrors all year, man. I I I just I can't I, I can't wrap my head around them winning a playoff game. Yeah, same here. And then I already clicked in San Francisco for us. Yes. Because there's no there's not much more we need to talk about with that in terms of like the actual game itself. Um, I guess that brings us back over to the AFC bracket. Kansas City over the Jaguars easily, right? Like yeah. I don't think yeah. we have to go too far into that. I mean No, Jags are Jags are good, but come on. It's my right, so why don't we do this? Eagles over the Bucks for sure, right? Yes. And 49ers are definitely going to take care of the Vikings, is what we oh, would yeah. say. Yep. So the one marquee matchup in the second round is going to be Bills Bengals. I don't know how you can pick against the Bills right now, personally, but if there was a team that you would think could beat them, it is the Bengals. I would lean Bills here. Are you looking to go contrarian and think that the Bengals might upset them? Yep. I'm 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 on the Bengals here and i get that maybe that's a little out there a i really like what i've seen from the Bengals all season like basically all season um 
it's they lost Jadobia Uziahu, which is going to hurt at corner. He was mm-hmm. their best corner and playing as one of the best corners in the NFL this season. So that's a small concern. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm yawning. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, I thought you were preparing. <laughs> I, I was trying to be. I was trying to be kind again, and this time it was just a yawn as opposed to me. I was trying to do it like subtly, though. I was trying to like. <laughs> it looked like you were going not... like. Uh, wait, wait, uh, no. Um, no. I, I just think that the Bengals are such a real, and so I mean the Bills, frankly, are too a really well-rounded team. Um, mm-hmm. I like both of these teams over the Chiefs, so we can you know have that prepared in our back pocket for the next next round. Um, just because I think they're so well-rounded, they both have. All three teams have, you know, three of the best, if not three best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Really good wide receiver play. More so, the Bengals have the best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, good defenses, like pretty damn good defenses. Not just like they can hang on. They're just like legitimately really good defenses. So it's a, it's kind of a coin flip between these two. But my, again, getting the hand in the dirt. I just don't really like what the Bills have done here down the stretch particularly Josh Allen. Um, I think their O-line play has actually been sneaky bad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what has contributed to Josh Allen struggling. And I can't get this out of my brain. So maybe I'm just being biased by having watched all their games and and it just like burning into my skull. Every time Allen is getting pressured, he he, he does not handle it well. He is eyes down staring at the rush the moment somebody is even looking like they're coming free and running and like not even necessarily just like running to to run for yards but getting out of the pocket trying to avoid the rush and his biggest strength is his arm as a passer and when there's pressure coming typically it's via the blitz which opens up the guys like Diggs, particularly Diggs, but even Gabe, we saw it with Shakir here and there Dawson Knox these guys are big play threats he needs to hang in there to be able to make big plays for this offense. Cause they're not really a great dink and dunk team. Mm-hmm. Got, like the Bengals are a really good dink and dunk team. The bills are not. And I think the Bengals are going to be able to get home on him. And I think Josh Allen has played pretty poorly. Now could he, he's awesome. Could he flip at any moment? Yeah. But I actually think I trust Joe Burrow's level of consistency as a passer right now. Um, and it was a really, you know, it was half a quarter uh, in that game that they, that got canceled. Burrow just came out cooked them up real fast, one drive, yep. boom, 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 right down and scored. And I, I just think the Bengals are really – they didn't play great in week 18 either, but I think that they're really rolling right now, and um, they're just like my favorite team in the in the AFC, and I think it's going to be a little bit contrarian to build for them for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no like pushback on everything you said there, but the Bills are the Bills is like kind of like the, the answer to that. And yep. They could still definitely be the first team. They have that whole like narrative going for them as well. They're going to be at home this time as opposed to on the road against Cincinnati. It's December. We don't know what kind of field conditions we're going to get in that game, which could be real interesting. And um, just to address the chat real quick, you are not keeping me awake. And I, I'm technically on vacation for the first day today. So I'm, I'm just transitioning into vacation which i think eric knows means that i'm just working like 60 hours (laughs) over the next week instead of 100 so um i don't know i like the bills but again this is like a razor thin margin for me so i can be convinced to go Bengals. the thing is for me if we go bills here i would have bills over chiefs but if we go Bengals here i have chiefs over Bengals. okay so 
that's that's what the interesting part for me would be is what our little pathway is going to the Super Bowl. So how do we want this is our first tie, which is um interesting. Mm-hmm. Do we wanna do we wanna let the chat break the tie? Do we wanna flip yes. a coin? Chat, our, chat, chat decide everybody uh for the next, you know, 30 seconds, Bengals yeah. or Bills. And I I I'm I'm happy to default to your Chiefs over Bengals if if it's Bengals and uh Bills over Chiefs if it's if it's Bills. I'm happy to default to that. So we need the chat to decide Bengals bills for us well well, while they do that the one thing i want to bring up real quick is did you see that they officially elevated cole beasley (laughs) to the roster which i think is an is an indictment on like isaiah mckenzie and everybody else he he also did not practice today mckenzie right okay so that makes even more sense then so i think your player pool i mean it's still four players for me on on the bills but um, I think it it really limits it down to the four. It's going to be you know Allen's Allen's Allen, one of the running backs. It has to be Diggs over Gabe, although Gabe is just oh, yeah. a great leverage point. But Diggs is just just so much better, just so much better. I, right. One thing I'll say is I do really like fading Allen. <clears throat> Um, in this contest, we can get to that in a minute when we pivot over to building our team. But um, I think well, he's going to be pretty chalky for a quarterback that obviously we know he's awesome and he has the upside and blah blah blah, but hasn't been amazing <laughs> uh, for quite a while in terms of fantasy. You know, some of these other guys have been better. So, um, looks like we're going Bengals. Bengals, it on, is based on the chat. So we'll go Bengals. Um, so these are two tough matchups we have left, and then we really should start building this team. Yep. Are you Eagles or are you 49ers? 49ers all day, baby. Oh my god, I'm Philly on this one. I I just don't I think when you get to this point, Brock Purdy's a great story, and the it's both teams are complete. Like the, both of these teams are like complete teams. Mm-hmm. So if we're going with complete teams. I just think that they have the better quarterback and I'm just, I mean, it's like such a simplified answer to this question, but if I need one of these two guys right now to win me a game, I am taking Jalen hurts at home versus Brock Purdy in the national, you know, the NFC championship game, but both teams are so good. Like they, they're just both. They are the two most complete teams in the, in this entire tournament by far is what I would say as much as I like some of these AFC teams, like the, you know, the bills, Bengals chiefs. I don't think either any of those are as complete, completely well-rounded as either of these two teams, but I don't know. The Eagles just feel like they, they, they edged this one out for me a little bit. Yeah. I, what I'll say is this is the matchup we better get. Neither of these teams better lose. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to see any of these other shit, NFC teams in the in the conference championship. This is what I want to see. I agree with you. I think it's a total coin flip. I'm just on the 49ers from the I totally agree. Jalen Hurts is better than Brock Purdy, but I think that uh the 49ers collection of talent across their their entire team is a little bit better than the Eagles. Now, that's not to say that the Eagles talent isn't awesome because it is, but my God, 
just, I mean, the reason why Brock Purdy has become such a thing is not even really about Brock Purdy. It's the fact that he has the best skill group in the NFL behind a good offensive line with a brilliant fucking guy, you know, pulling the strings, calling the plays. Christian McCaffrey, probably the best all-around tight end in the NFL, George Kittle, probably the best all-around running back in the NFL, definitely the best receiving running back in the NFL, Christian Mm -hmm. McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk, a borderline elite wide receiver that does not get the credit that he deserves kind of because of the offense that he plays in and because he has all these other studs around him. And Debo, look what Debo did last year. You know, he's kind of been under the radar because he hasn't had a huge season. He's been banged up or whatever. Now they're all back to full strength. They're just that, – that, as I love, love A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and, and Goddard. But they're – that. That collection is just a little bit better for me on the 49ers side. And so, uh, and the de- they're, they're both good defenses, but I like, I mean, the front, the front seven for both these teams is good, but the Niners is just like downright freaking scary, man. Like they just, that you cannot run on them and, and you can run a smidge on the Eagles and you, you like the pressure that Bosa and co bring is just crazy. So I'm just, you know, kind of standing the 49ers, but if they lost to the Eagles, I would not, I would not be the least bit surprised. That Eagles secondary though is like so awesome. good. With, it's with like Chauncey, so with, good. With Gardner Johnson back, especially he they're they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just going to be, it's going to almost come down like not completely, but like it's going to come down to what can CMC do out of the backfield, catching the ball and stuff versus the Eagles and Ken hurts break contain and just like get out there and like, wheels like he needs wheels to to beat this team i just think the eagles get a little bit of an edge personally i think a young quarterback getting frustrated not that Hurts isn't young too but he's he's been in the league a little bit longer seasoned. obviously yeah. yeah he's mm-hmm. a little more seasoned and personally i'm on the eagles i i get the san francisco call but i don't know are we are we going to the chat again no i'm cool with eagles i'm cool with eagles i'll i'll i'll, I'll give in on this one I don't have that strong of a convention. I'm just, I just like the 49ers. I'm, I'm not like, I like, I, I won't bet them if these two teams play that. I don't, I don't feel that strongly about it. All right. Well, we're, we're on opposite sides of the AFC. I think we've already talked about. And if you wanted to concede on the Eagles, I'm willing to concede on the Bengals if you, if you want to do it that way. Um, yeah. I, I just want to really quickly and then we can move on um, to obviously picking the Super Bowl and, and building a team. But I think that, God, dude, that I love the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the best football player, definitely the best quarterback on the planet, right? Everything mm-hmm. about the Chiefs, you know, Travis Kelsey or whatever. But we've seen this song and dance with the Bengals and the Chiefs quite a bit. Burrow owns these dudes. Uh, Chase and Higgins, they don't have anybody to – they've gotten a little better in the secondary, but they don't really have anybody to cover those dudes. Right. You still have Tyler Boyd and uh, my apparent best friend, Hayden Hurst. Mixon, you know, is is a good football, good football player, and I just think Burrow is too. He just picks these guys apart, and I think this, this specifically, like whether it's Bills or Bengals, I don't think they'll run into any problems against any other team in the AFC. But this, I, I would call it this final five. I think that these five teams that we're kind of struggling with here yep. are by far the best teams in the NFL. There's a big drop yep. after Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Eagles, Niners. So. But I think the Massive Chiefs, drop. the Chiefs, just their defense just being average, and the lack of skill position talent on the Chiefs outside of Travis Kelsey. Like the reason Jarek McKinnon has been crushing, he's good, 
But the reason he's been crushing so much is because nobody else gets open. <laughs> so Mahomes is checking it down to him. They're using him in the passing game a lot, right? MVS can't get open. Sky got hurt, couldn't get open. McColl had a setback. Who knows? He sucks anyway, right? Tony's barely playing. And Juju can't get open. So, mm-hmm. like, when you, when you start to compare these things, I just think that the Chiefs eventually are going to run into a team that, yeah, Mahomes might be able to save you. I'm not saying they can't win, but I think that they're in a little bit of trouble against these more well-rounded teams. I think of all years for the Chiefs to get a bye, this was the most important year for them for yes. some of those reasons that you brought up where just not having to play that extra game is like massive for this type of team where in past years if they had to play three games it would have been like whatever like it's still the chiefs right so yep um, and, and and not having to the, the way the bracket played out for them is perfect yeah uh bills Bengals on the other side so only having to play one of those teams yeah that's that's gigantic for them so our super bowl i guess the, the winner doesn't matter but our no. super bowl is eagles Bengals. so do we want to start building this team yep let's do it and based on Eagles Bengals being our Super Bowl, I would start off by saying, I know it's only, well, I guess like you got the four versus three games is like a big, is a right. big thing. But I, hmm, I don't know. I was going to say, I think we got to go Hurts at the QB position, but it's, it's definitely Hurts a borough we have to go for QB, yeah. right? And if it was, if all things were equal, to me, it would definitely be Hurts, but that extra game might be a big difference maker in taking Joe Burrow, and Burrow might be lower owned than a lot of the rest of the Bengals because not everyone's going to be putting the Bengals into the Super Bowl, right? So my my gut instinct was to go Jalen Hurts, but the play might actually be to, to go Joe Burrow. I think it's Burrow. I love mm-hmm. I love Chase and Higgins, of course, but I just think and I will say you don't I don't think that you have to have a rule that your quarterback comes from what you expect to be the Super Bowl. A shit doesn't always play out like how you how right. you want it to be. And you can still win even when it doesn't play out how you want it to be because of how this contest works. You know, if Jamar Chase goes nuts and makes the Super Bowl, you know, it's totally fine, especially because now if we had well, the 49ers are a terrible example. If we had um, Bucks or Cowboys or something like that in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. Here's an easier example. If we had the freaking Giants, right? The Giants make the Super Bowl. You don't care about their wide receivers. All, you were, all you're worried about is Saquon versus Daniel Jones. I would just take Daniel Jones in that instance. Mm-hmm. With, with the Eagles only playing three games, I do think it's, it's a little trickier. But um, ultimately, I think you would like to have your quarterback in in the Super Bowl, I think it's him or Chase, and I don't think we have to get super cute. I like T, of course. Like if I were entering a bunch of these, I would probably have all three of those guys. No mix in for me personally. I, I think I would have all three of those guys much more heavily leaning to Burrow and Chase. But I think for our our sake, it's it's kind of fairly straightforward, especially because of what Burrow's going to have to do, what he's going to have to do to get them there. Yeah, beat the Bills and beat the Chiefs, and then pl- also play in the Super Bowl against a good team. So. Um, I think we just go go Burrow. Uh, before we, I, I want to keep the Eagles in the, our back pocket because I think there's a lot that we can probably do with yep. the Eagles, um, including I don't even think like the defense is off the board. I don't think Dallas Goddard's off the board. Definitely mm-hmm. not the two wide receivers. Um, and so let's let's go to 
um, kind of back to the to the first round? And is there anybody that like you just feel we have to have? I, I was going to toss out McCaffrey. That I just if they if they play three games, I I don't know how run the running back pool is thin, brother. It is thin in these playoff rounds. I I don't know how you don't play Christian McCaffrey if your expectation is they win a couple games. Yeah, so McCaffrey I think is is a good point on San Fran, and I think he'll be the highest owned 49er, but I don't think he's like going to be a hundred percent owned. And I think that's also part of the thing with Joe Burrow is when you have yeah. the Bengals in the Super Bowl, I think that Chase and Higgins might be more owned than Joe Burrow easily in this mm-hmm. in this tournament. So putting Joe Burrow as the quarterback gives us leverage there. And when you get leverage in certain spots, you don't have to get it in every single spot. Exactly. Right? Like, like, and I think so. I think Christian McCaffrey is more than fine to take as one of our two running backs. And spoiler alert, we're not limited to two running backs if we decide that we want three, maybe four. But I think McCaffrey from San Fran is is a great pick. I, I, um, I'm glad that you, you you said that because um, I had thought about that earlier with Burrow, in that I, I think I think Chase will be the go to mm-hmm. Bengal for for sure. I'm not a wizard on uh, the projected ownership, right? Um, like our our ship chasing friends and and Karain is on this, but I can use general intuition and say I would certainly expect Josh Allen to be the highest owned quarterback and in turn Joe Burrow can't can't be that popular which I think will turn into right if I'm making the I'm making the 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 opto team here it's it's Josh Allen and Jamar Chase so which makes Burrow a uh, nice play and then as you said I don't need to do anything with with CMC it's a it's definitely a uh, a question here quasi says how much is Mitchell going to cut into his workload so uh I've heard a lot of people talk, we had lots of of spirited debate in the discord over this and my take i if in a month i'm wrong i will absolutely eat my l but you don't trade this is the best team that kyle even better than the team that he took to the super bowl and should have won this is the best team that kyle shanahan has ever had cmc was the piece that was going to take them over the top you do not trade for christian mccaffrey and in the playoffs in crunch situations big games put him on the bench for Eli Mitchell. You just yeah. don't do it. Is McCaffrey going to play every single snap like he did for Carolina? Probably not. No, but I, I am not personally worried at all about Christian McCaffrey because of, because of Eli Mitchell. I would be worried that you get unlucky and Debo and Kittle and those guys score the touchdowns. So I do like them in this format, but I think we're going to get leverage elsewhere and I'm just eating CMC and I'm not worried about Mitchell. Well, let's look at it from this respect, too. Like, we have to take a minimum of two running backs. I have a feeling we're going to take more than two on this team. But just look at the field. Who is Who are the, the like, workhorse running backs in this tournament right now? It would probably be Eckler with the Chargers mm-hmm. that you would say is a workhorse. And Saquon, Saquon with the Giants, right? Who we have both losing in the first round. Right. And, and so if you, if, you, if you like them, I have I have zero issue with Eckler and Saquon, but we're building for this particular bracket that we've put together here and we have them both losing so they can't compete with CMC. Right. So, like, I mean, I just think that like worrying about workload 
doesn't matter because because it's never going to be like he's well you know cmc is only going to take 30 percent of the snaps for the for the 49ers it's not going to happen <laughs> you know unless there's an injury so I, I just think that like it doesn't matter like in terms of like in terms of like worrying about the workload with him he's just he's going to get more work than the majority of running backs in this entire tournament and for uh, longer a couple- couple of really quick things that both Paul and uh, Johnny said that, you know, Allen was in the, the winning team last year. And I will, I will say like, <clears throat> we're not trying to say that you have to have, I, I tried to specifically say that, that I, I do not believe that you have to have the quarterback that's in, in the Super Bowl, but because of the bracket that we put together, I think, and the ownership that goes to Josh Allen, I, I I think that Joe Burrow makes makes the most sense, but I think if you want to build right, if you want to use I don't know, I, I, hurt we could have used Hurts, mm-hmm. right? Just say we're just going to take Hurts, not worry about those wide receivers, and go chase. I think that that's totally fine. If you want to go Mahomes or something, I, I think that other quarterbacks are absolutely in play, even if you think the Bengals are going to make the Super Bowl. But I just think for the team that we're specifically building, that I like Burrow the most. And what I would say is, there was a lot of Allen teams last year, and I'd be interested to know what Burrow's ownership was in this specific tournament last year because no one thought the Bengals were going to make the Super Bowl. We are, right. Everybody thought it was a two-team race. So I guarantee if there was enough Burrow teams built, then he probably would have been in the winning lineup is my guess. But there was also that crazy Chiefs-Bills game right. that Burrow, it's tough to he, replicate. I, I don't. I didn't go back and run the optimal from last year, but it's hard for me to imagine it wasn't Gabe – and burrow over mm-hmm. Allen and chase or whatever. Yeah, most likely. All right. So we've locked in burrow. We've locked in CMC. Do we have any other players that you want to go to off of this list that you think we have to have from like a first round matchup, whether they're going to advance or not going to advance. Let's talk about the Vikings really quick. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think Dalvin is in play. The giants run deep, you know, as a pivot off of, of Jefferson. I definitely think that that's viable. And I think Hawkinson is in play. I think we want a Viking for sure. So that's why I wanted to go there. What, what, you know, do we jam the Jefferson chalk as well? And then, you know, we, again, we have burrow leverage. We can find some more leverage elsewhere. Um, Or do you, do you like leveraging off of Justin Jefferson? What are your thoughts on him? I think there's three places to go on them. And Jefferson is, I mean, Jefferson is clearly the best play, right? We think he's going to get through. The guy can go nuclear with only the likes of like, you know, Jamar Chase as the only other guy in the tournament. Not the only other guy, but you know what I mean? Like the two guys that you easily can go nuclear whenever. Yes. So you get him against the Giants. You get him against the 49ers. You get two shots at it of him just putting up like a 30 to 40 pointer, you know, potentially both weeks. He could do it both weeks if he really wanted to. Um but he's going to be out like of, of the Vikings, like the ownership on Jefferson is going to be through the roof. Dalvin cook is the one way I'd be looking. And the other way would be Hawkinson. Like two games out of Hawkinson is not terrible. He does get a d- decent amount of targets. We know that he's good. We've talked about this tight end position. It is tight end premium. I don't completely hate going Hawkinson, but Everything tells me just to take the Jefferson chalk on the Vikings on this one and get weird. Um, the like dark, dark, dark horse on this, I would say, is they get the Giants in week one. 
they are going to play the 49ers most likely week two of this. Would you have any interest? They're, they're terrible. But would you have any interest in the Vikings defense here? Or do you just think there's other places to go there? I think probably other places I was also going to mention as a, a deep, 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 uh, their kicker. Okay. Um, along, along the same, but it's kind of the exact same thing as the defense is like, mm-hmm. there's no rule that says, you know, Justin Jefferson is amazing, but there's no rule that says Justin Jefferson has to go nuclear. Nope. There's no rule that, right. This could just be a bunch of 16 point games for everybody. And maybe they settle for a bunch of field goals. They're more than willing to, <laughs> to kick field goals. Uh, the Vikings are. Um, so I think that that's in play. I, I from a, it feels really it's coming back. though, doesn't it? It feels yeah. like the because Jer- it's just it's just it just feels he's gonna go. I think he's gonna go nuclear this weekend. Personally, like I think yeah. he's gonna be the highest scoring player across the entire like slate, and that's why I'm real nervous of passing on Jefferson. But again, leverage is like you can leverage like huge against Jefferson because seventy five percent I would say are gonna take Jefferson in their lineups, if not more. On the this. The, the big thing for me that is leans to Jefferson is, again, we're playing to this specific scenario. Now, if you had them losing, I guess you probably still – I don't know if you want Jefferson. You might want kicker or something like that if they lose. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. because we have them winning and then because we have them playing the 49ers, oh, which this literally uh, TD Vulture said what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to, again, get hand in the dirt that much, but the Dalvin ain't going nowhere on the Niners. <laughs> on the ground. I'm sorry to tell you. And uh, Hawkinson, you know, he could be okay against the Niners, but I don't think you're going to see the huge score that you need from Hawkinson. If anybody's going to do it in the second round, which you do need another good game, right. From Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson, especially as chalk, it's probably him. So I think we can eat it. I think he's probably the most pivotal decision point though, for, for your teams, Justin, what you do with the Vikings is the most pivotal, pivotal thing. Cause he's definitely going to be chalk for good reason, but um, there are pivots, right? Uh, there are very strong pivots off of him. So I'm, I'm cool eating him, but then obviously moving forward, we have to be a little more cognizant kind of of our, our uh, product ownership. But I think that when we go borough and we're not doing the chase Jefferson wide receiver, wide receiver spot, that helps allow us to continue to take a chalky player like Justin Jefferson in CMC, because I still think that we're already vastly different than the way a lot of teams are going to start, because I think it's going to go some variation of Allen hurts and then Mahomes for the top three quarterbacks. So we're still different. I don't think Burrow is going to be like 0% owned or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but the just going Burrow off of chase really, I think allows us to keep, jefferson in our player pool um so let's do let's do the bills because we have them losing in the second round we obviously are not going to play josh allen i don't believe that their running backs are in play dawson knox is only barely in in play at tight end which then you know leads you to stefan diggs or i guess gabe i also think that their defense is in play. And I'll say that because not because, you know, the Bengals matchup is not really very good for them, but they do get Skylar Thompson in, in the first round. Uh, I believe Teron Armstead, their, you know, all world left tackle is also out for the dolphins. Um, I could foresee the bills defense putting up a lot of points and that's like double leverage 
right off of Dick. You know, all we need is Diggs and Allen. Burrow needs to be right more optimal than Allen and three other wide receivers or whatever. Four or five other wide receivers need to score more points than Diggs does in two games. That's the trick. That's an even trickier part for me. But if they lose to the Bengals, there's nothing that says Diggs has to, you know, be the highest scorer out, out, out here. We have the we have an Eagles guy still to use, right? We have Jaguars that we have playing two games. We have Bucks that we have playing two games. So um it's it's Diggs probably here. And I think that that's okay. But also the Burrow teams are all gonna use Diggs. They're yes. all gonna use yes, Diggs. Yes, that was so gonna be that's... my point. Like every Burrow team was gonna have Diggs, even though Allen's probably gonna be the most owned bill. Like yeah, if you have Burrow, you're going digs most likely. Yeah. So I think it's still, uh, I still think it's probably digs. Yeah. But I think I, I really like the call of the Bills defense. And I think we keep that in our back pocket. Yep. If we think that we're getting too chalky and we can pivot that particular spot is the way I would say but I'm totally down to do this however you want to do it. Yeah, and you know, Terrence is not wanting us to give away all the goods. So we can do that. We can get we can get to the end, and uh, maybe this won't technically be our finalized lineup, but we can kind of see what those last couple of decision points are. Let's do um, let's do Bucks slash Cowboys because I think it's a it's a game we probably want even a Cowboy, even though that they're mm-hmm. uh, and this was the guy I wanted to bring up that like well b- b- both of these teams um, in terms of guys that you can play over digs. Um, I think CD is clearly the strongest Cowboys player. Um, so I yep. feel pretty strongly about him, even in a loss, particularly maybe <laughs> in, in a loss, if they're going to be, you know, having to throw a lot more. And then I, I don't really have a much of a take on any other Cowboys. I'm, I'm open to, um, you know, whatever we think about kickers, defenses, et cetera, for them. But, I don't really want to do Pollard or Zeke. Definitely, obviously not Dak. On the Bucks side, it's three guys: Evans, Godwin, and Lenny. And maybe I'm maybe I'm being an idiot with the narrative street, but I kind of really like Lenny. If the, especially if they're going to play two games, not because they're going to be able to run the ball, but probably the opposite. I really like Rashad White, but I don't. I I, I think it's just Brady. Brady's going to want Lenny out there the whole time. Um, so I definitely am open to both wide receivers. They both look really good to me, but I, I kind of like Fournette. What are your thoughts? I like CD just on the Cowboys real quick. I like CD as well. Pollard, I would fight back a little bit more, but there's a lot of rumors on the injury front with him. Right. So that that kind of worries me a little bit going into this game. Not a ton, but a little bit. But I've already said that I think that this is going to be kind of a dogfight in a sense. What are your thoughts on we have the Bucks winning? What are your thoughts on Bucks defense here instead? Because I think they might get overlooked a bit. And we've already talked about Dak likes to turn the football over once or twice a game generally. And if they can house one, I mean that's all we need for the tournament is one defense touchdown, essentially, right? Like yep. and we feel good. Um <clears throat> I like Fournette. I guess, you know, if I'm forced to pick. I like Evans a little over Godwin just for explosion outputs. And, but I kind of like Buck's defense right now. Like just the way I'm just thinking about it. Um, 
personally. That's that's the way I would lean. So I think CD for sure. Yeah, let's put uh, CD in because I, I don't think we have any debate there, and he he's going to be popular too. But um, mm-hmm. I think that that's okay. I think. Well, who do you what, what do you think the ownership is going to look like between uh, excluding the Bucks defense, but the their big three, uh, Godwin, Evans, and would you Godwin, Evans, Lenny in that order? Um, I think Evans and Godwin are going to be real close because I think everybody collectively likes Godwin better. But when you're thinking about the contest, it's like, I like Godwin for like a season long thing way over Evans. But if you are ever telling me I have to pick something for one or two weeks, it's Evans, right? Because just because of what he's capable of putting up. Um, so I think they're going to be close with Lenny a little bit. I think you're going to be a little surprised on Dallas. I think their defense is going to get picked a decent amount. Mm, yeah. Um, more so than you would think. Yeah. So I think that CD is going to be the most popular of the Cowboys, but I don't think he's going to be like 80% Jefferson level or yeah, C- yeah. CMC level. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think like CD is fine. Yeah. I, I think if we're not going defense i kind of like the four net call especially if we got him going two games yeah and the other thing again getting our hand in the dirt kind of like we did with jefferson if i'm projecting them to win a game which again uh i just want to keep making that clear that this is not necessarily like the absolute you know this is how we're building our optimal team or whatever we built a bracket and we're building the team based on that bracket Mm -hmm. and if they're going to play two games and play you talked about how good the Eagles defense is in the next round. I don't know how much I love Mike Evans, you know, against the Eagles secondary in the, right. it's not even a great matchup against the Cowboys for him. And then it's a really bad matchup against the Eagles. Godwin, I think can be okay, but it's not a very good matchup for him. It's not a great matchup for Lenny either, but I think that that the Eagles game, right. He can definitely have success against the Cowboys. And then the Eagles game would set him up for, you know, one of those bullshit nine catches for 65 yards type, type game from Lenny in uh in the second round. So that's kind of why why I like him and I don't think he's going to be crazy popular. So Johnny brought up uh Pat's ownership numbers in the chat. He has Godwin projected first, Evan second, suck up third, which is, you know, another interesting take there. Lenny fourth and defense fifth. So it sounds right like yeah, for I the think- most part. Well, I, so I, I I will say I love Chris Godwin, but I I don't I wouldn't play him as the uh, highest owned buck. I, I I would go to no. the defense, like you said first. I, I would play suck up over him. They're definitely gonna they're willing to kick field goals. Maybe Brady will overtake Leftwich on that in the you know his final run here with the Bucks probably. But mm. they've kicked a lot of field you know fourth and one from the four they kick field goals. So uh, and they are really bad in the red zone. So um, I think suck up suck up's definitely in play. But let, let's do let, let's do Lenny and move on here what about um uh, can we jags. yeah go. this is exactly where i wanted to go i wanted to go to the jags um chargers game because i think personally i just think the the easiest pick in this game is etn 100 famously not a big etn guy like in famously. Like this, famously it's almost like he wrote a song about it almost like i put him in a song <laughs> however if we're getting him against the, you know, the lightning, <laughs> as as someone I know calls them, um, or if we're getting them against the Chiefs, both, if they get through, both of those teams are not great against the run. 
right? Mm-hmm. Chargers can't stop the run. The Chiefs can't stop the run. So they might have to abandon it at some point, especially against the Chiefs. But I think ETN, I, I love Christian Kirk. And you would, and I want to play the Jags passing game. Trust me, I want to play the Jags passing game very, very much. But God, I think it's ETN. And I don't think it's particularly close on against anyone else, just based on like the way their bracket's going to break. Yep, love love ETN. The comments from the chat are very. No, I have no issues with either either of these comments in particular. Johnny bringing up, I I I agree with you that I like their wide receivers. It would be ETN and Ingram for me for mm-hmm. sure. Maybe maybe kicker, uh, being kind of in that top three, on the on the Jag side. But if we're projecting them to win, I really want ETN or Ingram. I think. Ingram, as Johnny brings up, is a really fascinating kind of tight end leverage play because we do have the Chiefs losing. And so, uh, you know, playing two games and losing. And so Ingram's going to play two games in our version of these these playoffs. If he beats Travis Kelsey, which he can Hmm. beat Travis Kelsey, that is pretty amazing leverage and you can get one of the chief skill guys you could play McKinnon, I think, as a is a pretty strong play um, as a pivot off of Kelsey, or you can go to kicker as well for for the Chiefs. Um, I think if I, I'm it's so much hand in the dirt on this episode that it's making me sick to my stomach. But I, I agree with you. I, I I this is ETN time for me for the Jags. So. I love Ingram too. I think Johnny brings up good points with tight end premium, but ETN's my guy. I, I just think he's going to smash. What what I would say is I want a Jag skill position player. Yes. So I want ETN. I want Ingram. I want Christian Kirk. Hell, maybe I even want Zay Jones. Like, just for some, just because I think that this first game is going to shoot out. Um, yep. Real quick, did we decide to take digs? Oh, we no, we haven't. Uh, Were we circling we, back to that? We, we're circling back to digs. Yeah, I think we narrowed it to digs and defense. Okay. Um, there and then uh, there was another thing I thought we talked about circling back to, but definitely that one. We'll, we we still have in our in our okay. back pocket, and we only have three flex spots left, so we'll start to get down here and keep digs slash bills defense in our in our heads. I bought just to wrap the Jags. They're another really good one into like we like etn the most Mm -hmm. but yeah if you wanted to say this is a smash spot for christian kirk i'm gonna play him at low ownership by all means ingram is my number two but i I obviously love him but again like if you want to if you're playing a bunch of teams you want to sprinkle some zay in i I, you want to sprinkle here's a really off the wall take if you if you i don't believe that this is you know the easiest path to winning but you want to say you know, the, none of the quarterbacks go totally nuts. Lawrence gets the Chargers and the Chiefs in games where he's going to have to put up a bunch of points. If he drops, mm-hmm. say, 60, 65 in these total points in these two games, and then you get right. I mean, how many Lawrence teams are there going to be? Very <laughs> ten, in the, 10 in the whole tournament. It, now you got doesn't really matter what you do elsewhere, right? Play Kelsey, play CMC, play Jefferson, play CD, play Diggs, play you play all the best guys. And, and Trevor Lawrence and just say he's going to do enough in two games 
uh, that I can just get all the superstars that are going to score the most, right? I get AJ Brown. I get, you know, I get everybody that's going to score the most points and I don't really have to worry about much about leverage. Maybe you do something fun at kicker or defense. So I, I just think the ja- the Jags are like the linchpin to this, to this whole tournament. Yeah. And I, I just really like the Jags. I like this game to shoot out. I like, like it as a whole, to be honest with so, you. So what about the Chargers if we're uh, – uh, Mike Williams is still not at practice. I'm going under the assumption he's not going to play. Right. Um, so if we assume – because it's a Saturday game, if we assume Mike Williams doesn't play and we assume the Chargers lose, does that mean Eckler? Does that mean Keenan? Or does that mean, you know, kicker or nobody? I don't think it's nobody. But um, No, think? I think you have to play a Charger. Um, I think the kicker is definitely a viable option for the Chargers here. Eckler – Eckler is the no-brainer in the sense that, like, he is the best play on the Chargers by far, and I don't think it's close. Although it is full-point PPR, Keenan Allen isn't the worst play ever either. Not a guy I like to play a lot of the time, but Eckler's ownership, I just think, is going to be through the roof. That's why I like Keenan. Right. And I I think because, like we said, this is like, a coin toss game. People are going to be looking at getting two games out of Eckler, right? But if we get, if we're wrong about the Jags, but we get two games out of Keenan Allen, who cares? Because he's playing again. The run out is still the Chiefs. So we still think that this first game is going to, you know, pop off a bit. Second game should pop off a bit, theoretically. Right. But I'm not opposed to the kicker either. Based on the fact that we think they're going to lose the first round. Yeah, it would have to. We could technically keep this one in our back pocket because we would have to Mm. then compare one game of Eckler and Keenan versus one game of, um, you know, A, we already have one game of CD in here. So one game of CD versus those guys and then one game of um, the other teams that we're going to get to to fill out our roster. I did just want to say, like, I know... Keenan Allen doesn't seem like a very sexy play, but if Mike Williams is out, like Eckler is definitely going to do his thing. No questions asked, but like Keenan might get 20 targets if the, if if the game shoots out, like they don't have anybody else that can get open. And uh, Gerald Everett might get open occasionally and drop the ball. And so it's him and Eckler. And so I, it's just a kind of a, an ownership thing. I think if you got down to this point and you're like us, like I'm, I'm sort of teetering on the fence about how much leverage we need left. Um, and so it, but if I felt we needed leverage, I would definitely go Keenan. Um, I think we can plug Eckler for right now because I do agree that he's the better play, but like, Oh, I would oh. rather, I would rather plug Keenan. Like, honestly, okay, let's like, do it. That I think Eckler's the take. better. I think Eckler's like, I think he's theoretically the better, like overall better play, but I think Keenan's the better like play for this tournament. I think Ek- if we're talking like under-owned and over-owned, Eckler yeah. it projects the best, has by far the best chance to be optimal, but he's being treated as though he's a lock, I yeah. think. That's, and, the way, and that's I, what I would say too. And especially in this scenario where we're playing for a one-game, one Chargers game. Mm-hmm. If if Eckler Eckler could score twenty eight points and Keenan beats him, like I'm not project you know I'm not projecting Keenan Allen for thirty, but 
if he gets eight, you know, if they lose and they throw 55 times, as Eckler could Eckler could have an awesome game and Keenan beats him. So um, in a one game sample, which is what we're playing for, I I, I like Keenan. All right. So we have two flexes left, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. We still have not taken a chief, right? An eagle or a bill. Bill. So let's talk about defense real quick. Okay. Because I think the Bills are like one of our shortlist defenses. Correct. I'm going to throw this out there. It's going to sound a little gross. What are your thoughts on the Ravens defense? And do you think they're going to be too owned for that team? Because if you're taking the Ravens, who are you taking? You're either taking Andrews, Dobbins, or probably they're – oh, actually, Justin Tucker might get taken a lot yeah. based on name value, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and people are like, well, they're not – I don't want to take any of their other guys. So right. he's the best kicker in the NFL. I'll take him. And I think the Bengals might scare people about their defense, but Bengals take a lot of sacks. And – I'm not opposed to taking the Baltimore defense. I mean, we look around at what we have left. Do we want to leverage the Eagles defense ever? Is that something you would be thinking about? It's in play. Because they would get Bucks. I mean, even Bucks, if they get we have them. Yeah. Bucks, have... Niners, Bengals are their matchups. Obviously not amazing but i mean bucks is a pretty good bucks is a pretty good matchup niners is not amazing but it's a rookie it's a rookie quarterback yeah. against a really good defense and then as you said um not that burrow is not going to have success against them if they do play but the eagles are going to score some points and like mm-hmm. as long as ajb um devonta or goddard don't totally pop off they're I, I, so it's not that I don't like the Ravens. I think the leverage of one of the defenses of those three good teams really sticks out to me um, mm-hmm. here. We have the outs to with the Chiefs. If we use the Chiefs, we have we have them playing two games, one of which is against the Jags, which is like not an awesome matchup, but it's fine. And then they they would play those Bengals like mm-hmm. you talked about. So I think that they're reasonable. The Bills, I think, are the best play um but the chiefs and the bills i like a lot because Allen is going to be super chalky and we have leveraged him we can take this leverage like to the max with the bills because any non-josh allen team is going to have digs so we just take it one step further right we play keenan over eckler we play bills over um allen and digs and it's like dude nothing else matters like literally nothing else yeah matters. i think if that allows the- us to take kelsey like if we take bills d word we lock in kelsey easily yep and it, so because the, the other thing you could do is you could play goddard right you could play like chiefs defense with goddard or like mckinnon with goddard um could would be something that i think you could do um or uh kicker Technically, I don't really want to do that, but you could. You could mm-hmm. do Chiefs, Chiefs kicker with Goddard. So um, I'm open to really e- either of those things. I, th- I do think Goddard's pretty interesting, but I-, I feel like the Bills is like I always talk about this, like in in DFS or in best ball, whatever. Like the cleanest path to first place, mm-hmm. right? Like how many things do I need to break my way, and and what's the most 
direct leverage. I mean, the Bills defense has just been screaming at me <laughs> as that as that thing. It's like you only got to fade a kind of struggling Josh Allen, and you just need digs to lose to a bunch of other wide receivers. And, and, and the Bills have an awesome defense. They could play. They could play. I mean, they play fucking Skylar Thompson in the first round. They They're could. They could be back too. Yeah, Micah Hyde's coming back. There. I, I just think it's Bills. I think it's Bills to me. Well, what I really like, not only does it let us take Kelsey, I think if we do Bills defense, it allows us to grab AJ Brown too. Yep. So I yep. think like that's the huge leverage point where it's like we get to take those guys and our team's still very, very unique in the sense that we can go Kelsey, we can go AJ Brown, but we are still so different because of Fournette, because of I think ETN, because of Keenan Allen but mostly because of this Burrow and Bills defense is going to be like, that's why I kind of like this. So that's what I'm down for. I, I like it. I like this play a lot. Yep. Um, so we don't need to fill out these to, to Terrence's point. Um, I don't want to ruin the contest uh, for, for you guys. I see a lot of the people in the chat are like, you know, behind their keyboards nodding, like, you know, people are like <laughs> love Keenan Allen, love this, love that, whatever. Um, so I don't want to, you know, uh, have any of your teams getting duped so we won't finish it out but you can see here i like to go to the to the defense spot to kind of see what teams we have left as you see we have two spots with these four teams left and uh not a lot of fun <laughs> not a lot of fun guys from uh these two teams obviously one of them will be a kicker but um i think that you could you you know from here this kind of team that we've built you could flip a bunch of things around if you, you know, if you want to get chalkier, you want to just go Eckler, right? Um, or you, you know, you prefer Christian Kirk or something like that over ETN. There's little pivots you can make off of this team that I think were, are more than fine. But this is kind of the core that I really, really like. Um, would there be anybody that like stuck out to you as a, as a, I don't really care about the kicker spot that much, but as like a flex that was just like, uh, would be more at the top of your list if we were going to round out this team? I mean, you would you would pivot directly to either Tyreek or Saquon, right? Those are the two guys that you would think of for that yeah. flex spot. Kind of like DK Metcalf, though. I was going to say, Me I can't. This it's funny because we <laughs> keep bringing up all the Johnny says uh, this team is so with multiple O's low owned. It's not even funny. True GPP style. That's the only way in which my brain works. Is yeah. just you know I understand that sometimes like some people might say uh, the more seasoned FFPC playoff challenge people might say like oh, this is maybe a little bit too off the board, but. I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure that there, as long as you're like, we didn't do anything stupid, right? We didn't play. Like, I know we mentioned Zay Jones, like we didn't play Zay and like, you know, MVS, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't do like stupid shit. These are like the best players on all of their teams. Like this team still projects awesome. We just had a slightly different variation of how the playoffs play out. I think that that's what's fun about this whole format is who who on this list is not a fantasy superstar. I guess Lenny, maybe like that we, that it, but he has been we played a, a bunch of freaking superstars and, and people are saying this is like a crazy low owned team. Like that's, that's, I think that this is how you should build these teams. You know, I know not everybody agrees, but like, dude, the dupes in this mm -hmm. and the, the, the player individual player ownership is out. is just out of this world. So the leverage stuff is the most important thing. And I think that we chose the kind of the, the most fun leverage points. 
And all the teams we have left are teams that we're projecting to lose in the first round. So when I say D- DK Metcalf, that means that he just has to outscore Tyreek Hill and Saquon Barkley in one week, right? Which I think is totally acceptable. Definitely. I think it's, I mean, we've, we talked about what the quote unquote possible weakness of the 49ers defense is earlier. And that's what DK Metcalf can exploit. So I kind of like DK Metcalf. And then I know like when I look at the list, Baltimore is one of the teams we have left. I think Justin Tucker is going to be a chalky kicker. I'm going giants kicker. They're playing in a dome. Just give me, just give me the one week of them playing in the dome. I'll take, I'll take the giants kicker there. They should move the ball at least a little bit, maybe two field goals, three, whatever. I don't care. Like, whatevs so i think for me personally i'm not saying this is what we have to do but i'd be looking at like dk and giants kicker yep i also think giants kicker makes a ton of sense in that um justin jefferson's probably still optimal even mm-hmm. and so what what, what, I'm, what i mean is they could the, the vikings could lose and you get the giants kicker so it's this perfect combination of justin jefferson can go nuts regardless mm-hmm. and be and he even people that fade him if they lose you didn't really gain anything you know, if they like the, the way that you gain on fading Justin Jefferson when he's 95% owned or whatever is them winning a couple games and like Hawkinson, you know, puts up that 40 point, uh, you know, uh, pre tight end premium score or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Dalvin runs for 203. That's how you, that's how you beat Justin Jefferson. But if they lose, you probably didn't gain anything fading him, not too much. Like you're still alive. Um, if you play to chalk Justin Jefferson and they lose, and then on the Giants side, playing the kicker, like no, you don't have to worry about Daniel Jones. You don't have to worry about the wide receivers, really. I mean, are Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins going to be optimal in this? I right. guess maybe in two games, you know, Richie James could score forty points, but like that's pretty crazy. But like the the Giants kicker could, if they win, could just easily be optimal. It of course could be Saquon too. Mm-hmm. But even if they win, I think the Giants kicker could could be optimal. And definitely if they lose, right, that he scores 12 or 15 points or something like that in a loss. I, I just think that it makes way too much sense. And then, like you said, you can get DK Metcalf. You could you could uh, go Mark Andrews, tight end premium mm-hmm. in that in that flex spot. Uh, you mentioned Dobbins earlier. Don't totally love him with Anthony Brown in that matchup. And then you could also go. Uh, with one of the Dolphins guys, I think that, and I think that there's three, the pound was asking about like Isaiah Hodgins and Dobbins and some of these um, sleeper type guys, Jeff Wilson, who it looks like, uh, I think it was Johnny that said Mostert's going to play with a cast on his hand, but I think Jeff Wilson would be in play here. If you're playing Bill's defense, I think it would probably be Tyreek or Waddle, but thought being with the Dolphins is Bill's like get a couple pick sixes or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Bill's defense becomes optimal by two first half defensive touchdowns, which kills Allen, which kills Diggs. And then, you know, Skyler's going to suck, but he's going to have to throw 50 times because they're going to be down by 20 or whatever, um, which is very good for Tyreek and Waddle. So um, pretty short list of those flex plays, but I think there's a lot you can do. I think this Bill's defense call of yours is – the best leverage point of the entire tournament. I, I think we we have a little extra leverage with like Keenan mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I, I think literally, if you just play Bills defense, you can do just about anything else that yeah. you want. I think that's I, why I like them. It, it makes me want to like go and build my own team tomorrow, which I might do, where I just stick the Bills defense in again and just play either a Hurts or Mahomes team or something and 
see what I build through that. But I think that the more we think about this, yeah, Allen and Diggs are obviously great plays, but this this Bills defensive pivot, I, I like it a lot. Love the Bills defense. Yep. Uh, and here's a, some analysis from somebody who, again, knows the ownership and, and such a little bit better with us. Johnny says, you cut the field in half at your Burrow pick, uh, then cut it by 75 with the Lenny pick, then cut it by 75 with Keenan with Keenan pick. Um, so, but again, we, we did three things mm-hmm. out of a huge roster. Like we didn't like there's CMC's on here. Justin Jefferson's on here. CD's on here, right? Uh, AJ Brown's on here. Like, all the chalk is on here. It's mm-hmm. just, we like two pivots. It was like, no Eckler, no Josh Allen, but yeah, Travis Kelsey's on here. We didn't do anything that crazy. It's just little minor pivots. Um, thoughtful pivots right it wasn't like that's what i think people screw up is they're like oh x you know when i pivot i'm gonna get huge leverage right i'm gonna play joe mixon and it's like i mean yes technically joe mixon could be okay but like you don't gotta go that deep you know what i mean you you don't have to do that you know i'm gonna play i don't know um I'm trying to think of a, a cra- crazy off the board guy, you know, uh, uh, Mike Gesicki, right. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do something really stupid with my one last, but it's like, you don't have to do that. Just like be intentional and thoughtful about those couple of direct leverage points. Like literally we might win this whole tournament. If three things happen, the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, Keenan Allen, no, the, the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, Keenan Allen outscores, uh, Austin Eckler and, um, uh, Bill's defense. Yeah. That's it. Bills Bills get knocked out second round. Yep. Have two relatively low scoring games. Yeah. All I right. love it. I actually that love was, this team that we built. Me too. Me too. I can't wait for it to loot to for the Bengals to like somehow <laughs> lose to the Ravens or whatever, you know. Uh, I'm not watching football the rest of the offseason if that happens. Yeah, exactly. Uh anyway, this this went on probably a little longer than we expected, but it was a lot of fun. Like that was a lot of fun. And I also feel a lot more confident. Not confident. Feel a lot more uh uh, purposeful about my my playoff takes now that we got to to talk it through hopefully this helped uh everybody else kind of think through some of the things obviously you do not need to agree with our takes but hopefully mm-hmm. it the the way we kind of processed our pivots and how we're thinking about the playoff matchups and all that kind of stuff i th- hopefully hopefully that helped we will be back tomorrow i don't know if rob will be back if he he's on vacation uh, he might be taking uh, a, a day. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, be back tomorrow. We are going to do um, one hour of just drafting playoff best ball teams. Going to go live, whatever tickles your fancy. If you guys want to talk more FFPC playoff challenge, we of course can. If you just want to draft in, you know, the gauntlet, of course, if you want to draft on drafters, whatever you guys want to do, we'll fire up some drafts and shoot the shit about the playoffs and playoff best ball for an hour tomorrow since it kicks off. On Saturday, if you are not in the Spike Week Discord, there is even more conversation around all of these subjects than Rob and I could cover in this two-hour show going around around the clock in there. There's a link. It's 100% free in the description. Highly, highly, highly recommend that. And as soon as the playoffs are over, we're in. I mean, shit, once the playoffs are going and there's no more playoff best ball contests, we are going to be diving already in to 2023. Um you know, early, early drafts and early player takes and, and all of that. So um, be on the lookout for some of that analysis and make sure you are in the discord. Anything that you got before we get out of here, Rob? 
Um, just, I kind of like that we had a backup plan in case we were done with the show in 45 minutes on what to <laughs> fill out the rest of the show with. So glad we had that in place. <laughs> yeah. Just in case, you know, it's a pretty simple format. We'll probably have it done. <laughs> we'll probably have it done pretty quick. Longest show we've had in uh, four months. <laughs> yep. So that's all for me. But yeah, um, I think I'll probably join you tomorrow and do some drafts. Perfect. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Enjoy your evening, guys. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Peace.